Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. Gluttony, the means of overindulgence and overconsumption of food, drink, or wealth items, particularly as a status symbol. I'm Jaden Becker, and welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast. I'm starting a new series on the Daily DDT Podcast. I'm going to be away for the summer, and I didn't want to leave you high and dry. Although the news and reviews will be put to the wayside for now, I will be giving you some weekly content along with some treats along the way. The new series will be called The Seven Deadly Sins of Pro Wrestling. I got this idea based off a sports documentaries class that I took in college last semester that focused on uh, the seven deadly sins in the world of sports. And there's no easier place to find these sins when talking about pro wrestling. I I did a final paper on it. It was absolutely fantastic. I couldn't have asked for a better class to take. And the sports class was called... uh, sports narratives in or narratives in in sports documentaries so the class is pretty much watching sports movies sports documentaries and finding the deadly sins that came out from those documentaries so watch something about muhammad ali it'd be about pride and you watched uh, uh the sexual uh, assault allegations and harassment allegations from uh the Penn State coach, women's basketball coach, that was about lust and everything like that. So there's plenty of, of examples. And uh, this week's sin is going to be gluttony. And the other sins are lust, pride, greed, sloth, wrath, and envy. Each week I will go through some uh, examples of the past and present to best describe the sins. So it, it can also get dark pretty fast. So be prepared. Uh, this week, not so much, but uh, we could sort of see it get pretty dark, especially talking about wrath and talking about uh, pr- pride and envy and things like that. It, it can it can change gears quick. So be prepared. So uh, usually, how I'm going to start the show is, uh, as I did in the open, give you the definition of of the deadly sin, and I'll do it once again here. And then, uh, moving forward, I'll just give you a few examples. There's going to be an ad break in the middle, and we're just going to run through it. Not going to be as long as the episodes as we're used to on this Daily DDT podcast. Usually, I have these episodes run 45 minutes because I have a show review and news and other talk segments I like to go through. In this one, just going to be a lot more laid back, just going to be giving my thoughts on uh, the topic. So, Let's get right into it. Gluttony, the means of overindulgence and overconsumption of food, drink, or wealth items, particularly as a status symbol. Gluttony is often the problem in the world of professional wrestling in the habitual greed of wanting to continue to wrestle uh, way past the time peak of physical condition. So, yeah, obviously, you sort of have a prime of your career, the prime of your life, where you're in the best physical shape where you physically can be. And then you sort of reach a point where your body isn't there anymore, as we see many, many times in the world of professional wrestling, and you sort of fall off, but you continue to stay in the ring nonstop time and time again to where it becomes a problem where you're physically now starting to get hurt. Gluttony is sort of difficult to find in the world of professional wrestling when it comes to overeating and things of that nature. You could guess you could find it in the world of like overworking out and things like that uh, and things of that nature. But I, I really want to talk about the overindulgence of wanting to stay in the ring as long as humanly possible. And uh, a pro wrestler that has fallen into this trap in recent history and starting it off very strong here for the Seven Deadly Sins episodes, 
Ric Flair, he has committed the sin of gluttony. Ric Flair is considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest performers in the history of pro wrestling. His ability to transcend the medium was unparalleled then and even now as Ric Flair has grown his way back into pop culture and the hip-hop scene. He has songs written about him and uh, he's always featured on television. You saw him at Laker games and things like that. He has his own shoe with Adidas now. Ric Flair always has his eye on what's hot in, in pop culture. Pop culture loves Ric Flair. Uh, you know, if, if people say Ric Flair is hip-hop sometimes because of the way that he styled and profiled back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, that is sort of how uh, people perceive themselves today in hip-hop culture style and profile, and Ric Flair was the originator of that. Ric Flair in the past spent some time, of course, in WCW and NWA. That really was the prime of his career, where he found the most of his success winning world championship at the world championship. There's a great uh, video out on YouTube that shows, I, I can't remember the exact uh, makers of the, the episode, I apologize, but um, they, they, they went through every single title win for Ric Flair, every single world title win that got him up to 16, I believe, where he's at now. And he went through every single one. A lot of it from NWA, of course, and also WCW. And then, obviously, his small stunt in the WWF in the early 90s. But you could see how he was able to transcend wrestling at some point because he was just so great on the microphone and everything that he was able to do. Ric Flair then went to the WWE after the end of WCW in 2001, a time where he did find success again. Even after leaving WCW, after that folded, he was able to find success with the fans, with Evolution, with Randy Orton, Triple H, and Batista, uh, Ric Flair being the past, if you will. Uh, when you talk about Evolution, Ric Flair being the past, Triple H being the present, and Batista and Orton being the future. Uh, obviously a Hall of Fame faction. I believe they are in the Hall of Fame, are they? I think so. That faction, uh, absolutely fantastic. But although he was having a, a great on-in-front-of-the-camera career, his personal anguish continued, not knowing if he was good enough to be in the ring at the time. There's uh, documentaries out about Ric Flair talking about how he had issues not only with his personal life and personal habits, but what he was able to do in the ring because he didn't feel like he was able to stand up to the test of time anymore, even though he really, really wanted to continue. He just didn't have the confidence. He didn't have confidence that he felt that Ric Flair should have. Triple H was able to talk to him and get him back into shape there. After Evolution and towards the late 2000s and sort of getting into my time of when I started watching professional wrestling around WrestleMania 23, 24, around then, Flair's on-screen persona bled true to his real-life feelings of never wanting to step away from the ring. His WWE career culminating at WrestleMania 24, facing off against Shawn Michaels with Flair's career on the line. I believe, obviously, Flair, uh, if he lost this match, he, he would end his professional wrestling career or so. It was supposed to be, but it, there was a good amount of time where he went through a couple of pay-per-view matches and episodes of Raw where he, if he lost any matches, that would have been the end of his career. He had a match against MVP at Royal Rumble. I remember that very specific because that was at Madison Square Garden. And, of course, his match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, one of Shawn Michaels' greatest matches of all time at that time. He, Shawn Michaels, you can't, he has so many great matches, it's hard to count. Mr. WrestleMania, of course. He would go on and lose that match, Ric Flair, at WrestleMania 24. A fantastic match and a storybook ending to Ric Flair's career. 
Now, if that ended there, Ric Flair probably wouldn't be being talked about right now under this gluttony segment for the Daily DDT podcast. But after his retirement match against Shawn Michaels, Flair couldn't stop wrestling as he appeared on Ring of Honor and wrestled matches for TNA, had some matches against Hulk Hogan, bled heavily again in those matches on TNA. Sadly, not at all a storybook ending that we wanted to see from him as professional wrestling fans. Even though, yes, it's great to see Ric Flair in the ring, it's sort of sad seeing a 60-year-old man continue to, to wrestle, knowing that this is all he has left. Flair's glutton for being in the ring, over-absorbing him, turning him into a shell of his former self. His in-ring continuance did not help him in any way as the nature boy slowly degraded to father time. Of course, his continuation uh, into pro wrestling came at a cost to Ric Flair as his in-ring professional wrestling career lasted over 50 years, ending at the age of 63. That His last match being at the age of 63, I should say. Although Flair's in-ring competitive career is over, he continued to be featured on WWE television, even to this day. Maybe not exactly to this day, but a few months back, we saw him on WWE television in a prominent role in 2020 through a COVID-19 pandemic. It was absolutely mind-boggling, mind-boggling seeing Ric Flair continue to uh, be with the WWE and pro wrestling. Yes, I get it. He's with his daughter. It's a completely different narrative. He's not competing in the ring anymore. He's not taking bumps. He was in a prominent role with Randy Orton in 2020 as well. Once again, not taking bumps, even though he didn't give a nice a crotch uh, shot to Christian there. Uh, he, he wasn't taking anything crazy. He wasn't doing anything uh, that he shouldn't have been. Other than being out and about during a global pandemic at his age where the the global disease was attacking old elderly people, which Ric Flair definitely is. So it was very shocking throughout 2020 to see Ric Flair. And that's why he 100%, 100% finds himself with the, the sin of gluttony here. Ric Flair, as I mentioned, continues to fulfill his itch for pro wrestling right now off TV after being written away as uh, as the father to Lacey Evans' uh, child. But obviously not true, but that's how he was written off TV. Uh, once again, we can't really knock him for trying to be on TV with his daughter, given that it is his daughter and wants to see his daughter succeed and, and things of that nature. And he, even though it wasn't in a competitive sense, he was still there. He was still around. He just couldn't never, ever, ever, ever stay away and honestly look like a shell of his former self. Ric Flair continues to fulfill his itch of pro wrestling time and time again, even if it's unsafe. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to move on into another person that has fulfilled the sin of gluttony, something you're not going to want to miss. So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. Welcome back to the Daily DDT Podcast and the Seven Deadly Sins episodes. Of course, starting a new series here on the Daily DDT Podcast. As I step some, take some time away as I do some things throughout the summer, I still want to leave you with some content throughout as I step away. Just for a little bit, we'll be back uh, around the beginning of August, of course, but I, I still want to keep you in the loop. I don't want to just leave you by the wayside as I did once before. So uh, let's continue with the Seven Deadly Sins. Talking about gluttony here, talked about Ric Flair before the break. Now, let's talk about... A man that had a 30-year career with the WWE that was celebrated at Survivor Series last year. Yes, I am talking about The Undertaker. 
30 years of The Undertaker, 30 years, that's impressive no matter how you cut it. Working 30 years in any job is impressive, but especially in the sport of professional wrestling. Undertaker, of course, as I mentioned, accomplished his feat at Survivor Series last year, celebrating his career. And what a fantastic career it was, starting off in the... I like to go through his gimmicks based on the gear that he wore, instead of exactly, I guess, the, the name-defining, if you will. But he had the gray gear. Of course, early on, then he transitioned over to the purple gear with the purple gloves as he had that uh, one-on-one match against himself. Uh, the the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, had the gray Undertaker and then the under, the purple Undertaker being um, the real Undertaker. Uh, turning towards the Ministry of Darkness being the leader of that, going into the all-black gear with the wings, and, and this was going through the Attitude Era and then getting closer to the Ruthless Aggression Era, at least the, the end of the Attitude Era and the beginning of the Ruthless Aggression Era, uh, putting on the uh, biker gimmick, the American Badass Undertaker, and I uh, had the jean jacket and, th- <laughs> and things like of that nature. Undertaker running through that through the early 2000s. Around 2004, uh, he likes to call it the gunslinger type of gimmick. That's what it was around 2004. The lone gunslinger had that few against Randy Orton around that time, uh, going up against that legend killer gimmick of Randy Orton. And then around the late 2000s, I like to call it the UFC fighter of, uh, <laughs> of The Undertaker, bringing the UFC-type gimmick towards the WWE, while also having all the, lone, the, the lone gunslinger there as well, and uh, incorporating all the stuff in the past, all this, the mysticism, if you will, from, from everything that he had, all, all wrapped into one. And he had the, the UFC gloves on, and uh, the the gimmick was still there, still spooky, and uh, still that's how I was introduced to the Undertaker around 2008, 2009. As we move forward and we move towards WrestleMania 30, things start to change for the Undertaker. He shaves his head, and uh, there, there there was a point in his career, however, that that makes us all think whether or not he should be still allowed to uh, wrestle in a ring. When you talk about the Undertaker, I believe this, as I mentioned, came around uh, his loss to the Undertaker. Uh, he's lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. And if you're asking me, to be honest with you, if you're asking me, he he had that shaved head. He came out to a fantastic entrance. And then he loses to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. If you're asking me, he should have ended his career right there at WrestleMania 30. or Or that would have been the main reason why his career ended. After his defeat, The Undertaker was never the same on screen and again again for the WWE. He was never ever the same. We look back after that WrestleMania match, he had a match. I believe he had one against, uh, I'm blanking here, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> there we go, WrestleMania 31. Uh, he had a match against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 33. And you look back at all the matches he had at Saudi, all, all those matches that really shined a blinding light on how poorly The Undertaker aged his match against, uh, his match with Kane and his match, that, that match we're attacking up against DX and the match against Goldberg. It really, really shined a blinding, blinding, blinding light on how poorly The Undertaker aged in, in the WWE after WrestleMania 30. The Undertaker had plenty of opportunities to hang it up, but waiting for that perfect ending and that perfect matched for him year in and year out continuously always being sucked into the business really really hurt the undertaker always looking for that best possible moment 
The Undertaker, Gluttony might, for him, Gluttony might be a tough label to pin on The Undertaker, but I could be saying that from a fan perspective, from a fan standpoint, given that I'm a huge fan of The Undertaker. His efforts were also always were in in right reason, I should say. They always meant well, always to trying to put a current guy over or to bolster up dream matches for a card that Vince McMahon needed him for. But all those dream matches turned into nightmares real quick, real, real quick when the bell rang. Unlike Flair, The Undertaker has stayed away from the ring for now. And he has been active in social media and things of that nature and interviews and uh, tons of stuff like that, which has been an absolute treat for us fans. And it doesn't really stand any extra risk compared to Flair wanting to take bumps into his 80s. So that's the big difference is that Undertaker has found his way into media and things of that nature. Flair, obviously in pop culture, but he still wants to have his toe in professional wrestling. I think if, if you watch The Last Ride... The, the docu-series that was put out by the WWE and the WWE Network. Fantastic and, and a great, really great put together. But what I will say is that, I yes, it was great to see The Undertaker and great to see the inside look of The Undertaker, but what I really felt like I saw when I watched the Last Ride series was an in-depth look of the, a mind of a fantastic professional wrestler that couldn't step away. That just couldn't step away. He, it, 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 instead of it being a series that made me want to feel joy for the Undertaker, it made me feel pity, it made me feel sad. It, it was really upsetting to watch because he's a childhood hero, the Undertaker for me. You know, the, you you watch him for how many years? That always at WrestleMania, always on the grandest stage. The one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time for the WWE is arguably um a lot of people's Mount Rushmore's. Same thing with Ric Flair. It's really, really tough to see Undertaker be put in that light outside of his gimmick. But it's the true story. And sometimes you, you really have to hear that true story to know what's really going on. It was really a, a tough watch for me. Not because it was poor. It was fantastically put together. It's just, I think the message that The Undertaker wanted to send through that docuseries and what WWE wanted to send wasn't sent. It, it wasn't a celebration of his career, The Undertaker's. It was sort of a, a realization of how sad things can turn when things don't end uh, clearly or things don't end in, in a right standpoint. So that's gluttony. It talked about Ric Flair and we talked about the undertaker. I'm going to talk about Ric Flair in, in a couple other sins uh, episodes going forward. So something you're not going to want to miss. Don't miss out undertaker. I don't think I'm going to be talking about him much more. I felt like I really had to talk about undertaker here, even though gluttony Yes, it's something you could pin on him because you, he always wanted that best match. He always wanted something that was next. And you could, might put greed to it. You might put uh, envy to it given that he saw other people like friends like Shawn Michaels have that great match against himself and be able to walk away. You could say that as well, but I think Gluttony's probably the best example for The Undertaker given that he always came back for more. He always wanted more. And even to this day, he even, he even couldn't say at the end of that Last Ride documentary that he could finally step away from Vince McMahon. He, he said at the end that, that if Vince gave him the call that he needed him to come back for a big event, he would be more than willing to do it. So it, it, it's really tough for The Undertaker, even though he has stayed away for now. I hope for his stake that he does stay away. Stay in the media's eye. He does fantastic interviews and the amount of stories he has to tell throughout his 30 years with the WWE and, and all the stuff that he did prior to that. 
It, it, he has so many stories to tell. We want to hear that, of course, but I don't really want to see you in the ring anymore, to be honest with you, Undertaker. Hey, you, you've left the impact on many of, of wrestling fans throughout all 30 years of your career and plus. Hey, for you to continue to be in the ring and for him to have the match that he did at WrestleMania 36 the, at, at the, uh, the, the Boneyard match. Fantastic match. Fantastic match. No reason to, to squander that with an in-ring match that Undertaker probably can ha- probably can't have, to be honest with you. Can he have it? Sure. And will we have to be carried through it? Yes. And has to be with the right person. Probably like AJ Styles again. But it, there's no real reason to do that given that he had such a great match at uh, WrestleMania 36. So that's gluttony. That's that's gluttony for you. And uh, Ric Flair and The Undertaker. Be prepared to hear about Ric Flair a little bit more as you go through this series. It's going to be a, a weekly series, by the way. So you'll get another episode next week on the Daily DDT Podcast. And also be prepared for some little treats along the way. I might sprinkle in some on the certain holidays, if you will. So be prepared for that. And uh, no, no reviews, no news coming out for these next few weeks. Just going to be me. Uh, giving you my thoughts on these seven deadly sins. So that's all for me. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TV. I'll see you next week with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.